I'm Chris Lindstrom, and this is the Food About Town Podcast. Rochester? Well, why Rochester? Chris Lindstrom was a hoot. He was just so much fun. He never stopped talking. I mean, it was great. Party down? Yes! Take it from me, an inveterate snob. (laughs) That's it! Stinks! It stinks! It stinks! And we don't need any characters around to give the joint atmosphere, is that clear? Because I'm a pro. That's what pros do. I'm a professional. Look it up in the book. What do you say? Enough. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. And we are back with another episode of the Food About Town podcast. And I'm joined here with somebody I've really been looking forward to talking to here in Rochester for a while. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the kind of cooking that he's doing at his restaurant, and I'm really excited to welcome our guest today. Uh, guest, why don't you introduce yourself? Hello, everyone. This is Yunji Yan speaking. I'm the owner of Thesis Noodle, a restaurant in downtown Rochester, a noodle house, handmade noodles. Yeah, so uh, well, what's the address for the restaurant so everybody can hear it now and we'll plug it at the end as well? 50 Chestnut Street. So 50 Chestnut Street, and for reference for everybody, it's on Chestnut, um, kind of across the street from the Cadillac Hotel, and it's in the lobby of the building that uh, Yunjir is in, um, and we'll, we'll probably just uh, use Yan for the rest of the conversation. Thank you so much. Perfect. And uh, so it's in the lobby of the building, and uh, you know, nice street parking, easy to get in and out of. Um, but yeah, let's. Uh, I guess let's start with the what. What is the restaurant? Uh, trying to do, and uh, what kind of food are you serving there? Uh, I serve most the northern part of Chinese food because I was born in Beijing. Okay, I've been living there for over ten years. Uh, you you started uh, you grew up in uh, in uh, Beijing from uh, until you were ten. Uh, until I actually came to America when I was sixteen years old. So actually sixteen years. Okay, right there. Yep. Gotcha. So. So that style of food, and that's, you'd say, more northern style, which is uh, a little richer, more comforting kind of food often, or? Yeah, more, more noodles, more, like, flour-made food. Okay. Yeah, more stir-fried. So, um, and I guess let's let's talk about, the reason why I'm focusing on this right away is, uh, for a lot of people, they might not know, they might not know regional Chinese food quite as well. Yes. You know, many people are familiar with uh, the more common uh, American Chinese food, uh, or they may have they may have tried uh, Szechuan food if they've tried a regional Chinese food, but they might not be as familiar with the kind of food you're doing. Um, let's let's just go right into it because I'm super, this is the part that got me hooked right away was the fact that you're making noodles. Um, in the restaurant. So when you're talking about flour-based products, like um, are, are buns part of the part of the culture as well? Like uh, like uh, the flat buns and uh, other dumpling-like things as well. Uh, yes, definitely. So actually, those are what I'm trying to do for a long time. Okay. Only because I'm not uh, right now. I'm the only one working. Sure. In the restaurant. So yeah, in the future, I would definitely like to introduce those to. My customers. Yeah, absolutely. But for now, and and I say this isn't like, oh, this is this is your uh, your honorary mention. No, no, the noodles are the star here. Yes. Um. So you're making two different kind of noodles from scratch in the restaurant. 
Um, and just an FYI for everybody, very few places are making their own noodles of any kind in Rochester, whether it's Italian-style pasta or uh, Chinese noodles or otherwise. Almost no, very few places are making their own noodles. So um, why are you making your own noodles? That's a lot of work. Well, there's a very simple question because I can tell the difference. Oh, absolutely. From the noodles I bought from supermarket and the noodle I made myself. Yeah. Because if you go to, a, uh, I would say, if you go to a, a very common uh, family in Beijing, and most of the moms or even the dads, they know how to make noodles. Mm. You know, this is like our culture, our tradition. My mother make noodles for my whole family when, since I was a young boy. Uh, even today, even yeah. I go visit her, she'll make fresh noodles for me. So after eating fresh noodles for that many years, I can tell the difference. So I'm assuming that my customers, they will tell the difference between fresh handmade noodles and the noodles bought from supermarket. Yeah, absolutely. So describe in your words, what, yes. what, what, is, what do you taste when you taste a handmade noodle versus, uh, versus one that's either dried or you buy in a supermarket? So what, what do you taste different that you want to make sure that everybody knows about? Uh, the first thing is the texture. Mm. I think the one you brought bought from supermarket, they're uh, softer. Uh, they don't have the tender feel mm-hmm. feeling. So it's, it's like tenderness, yes. Yeah, and there's a different kind of chew. Yes. So like it has, yeah. there's a there's a bounciness is yes. the way I describe it. Is like when you're biting through, there's there's some resistance. It's not mushy. Yes. There's a there's a bite, yes. but it's not like al dente Italian style noodles where there's that little, almost not crunch, but almost like that. It's a very bouncy makes every bite you take very interesting. Yes, yes. And it also makes the noodle easier to, I would say, to have all the flavor of the vegetables and meat with it, to th- the flavor, to thick. Oh, it to sticks, sticks to the pasta better, yeah. Yes, yes, that's very important. Well, yeah, especially when, when the sauces are, um, you know, they're not super thick. These aren't, um, again, if you're used to very heavily corn-starched, Um, Chinese, you know, Chinese sauces, that's not what you're doing. You're using very light, you know, very light sauces, but lots of flavor too. Yes. Yeah, because uh, the watery kind of sauce will make the uh, noodle taste like more fresh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that the noodle is the star in lots of ways. It's not just a, it's not just a carrier. It's not just a carrier for flavors. Yes. Like the noodle should be the star. I think, you know, places that don't, where it's just a carrier for flavors, you're missing an opportunity for deliciousness. Yes. And fun. Yes. Uh, some uh, some, of, some of my customers, they're students from China. Oh. Yeah. Uh, it's very interesting because I can tell where where they come from by the habits they, when they eat noodle. Some people will eat all the vegetables and the meat and but do not finish the noodle. Uh, some of them will finish all the noodle, but do not finish the meat and vegetables, <laughs> which is really interesting. No, that that's kind of fun. It's, it's like I said uh, earlier, I think it's, um, you know, our generally like, I, I know, I know some about, you know, the regionalities of China, uh, but so few people, I think understand how different each of the regions are and how much it's, um, you know, how much each one has its own culture and its own, 
you know, traditions and everything else. Yeah, you know, we can talk about, you know, all the different regions of Italy and France and all these things. And there's so much to talk about with the different styles and regions in China as well. Yes, yes. Um, and I, I think that's it's a great point with the uh, with the RIT, uh, RIT uh, and uh, University of Rochester and MCC, the students coming in does have there's a lot of uh, a lot of people who really want um, you know the taste of traditional style foods. Yes, uh, especially uh, I have to say that uh, I never trying to advertise my uh, food as like the only like original Chinese food because Chinese Chinese food is so complicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like if you go, uh, just like in the in the United States, in your, the food in New York definitely not the same same way with the food here, Louisiana. Oh, it's yeah. com- completely, completely different. Completely different, yes, that's right. So what I'm doing is like more family style, like home home style thing, because I think that is pretty rare in the United States. Yeah, absolutely, and I I think that's a great it's a great way to describe it because that's to me how it tastes. Yes, right. It tastes, um, you know, people use the term comfort food. Yes, you know, and for many different people that means different things. Right, they'll have an idea like, oh, you know, like you said here, they might have, oh, my, you know, my mom made beef stew, right, or they made, uh, you know, it might be a, a rice dish, or it might be this, or it might be that, it might be different things, um, but I think the universal thing is the comfort is, you know, family made food, food yes. made for somebody yes. to enjoy it the best way you know how. Yes, exactly. Um, which is why, like now. Like I don't eat a lot of the original foods, comfort foods I used to eat because I've been, yeah, I've been vegan for a while now, almost three years, um, actually probably over three years now. Um, but what I found is the comfort in the comfort foods of many different cultures, yes. you know, through through Chinese, uh, you know, through Sichuan traditional food, through you know uh, your noodles, and uh, through you know Ethiopian food and Syrian food and all those things. I find comfort in the tradition. I find comfort in the flavors that they want to share. Yes. Because it's it makes you feel different, doesn't it? Yes, yes, of course. Uh, and I think, uh, I'm hoping that the customers, um, they can taste the difference, but uh, it takes a lot more work to do it this way, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, when you, when my mother, like, uh, cook, cook a noodle when I was a kid, she'll spend, like, a whole afternoon to make for Four people: my mother, father, me, and my brother. And now I'm serving like a lot of customers. Oh yeah, it's totally different thing. <laughs> yeah, right. It's very different, and you're offering a number of different flavors. Yes. Uh, two different kinds of noodles now. Yes. You just uh, put out wider cut noodles, which I absolutely love because they they remind me of you know you know they carry the sauce differently, the texture. I've always loved the wide style noodles. Thank you. Uh, are they are they just cut different or are they made differently? Uh, made differently. Okay, because so they're thinner. Okay, so it's a thinner noodle. Are these ones stretched out? Yeah, kind of. Okay, yeah, kind of. Well, after cut it, you stretch out a little bit to make it liver even like thinner. Okay. Yep. So this isn't, uh, and I don't remember the name of the style. There's there's a style where they'll be swinging the noodles and stretching them out like this, and you know slapping them on the table. Oh yeah, I do that kind of thing, but not that much. Yeah, because the you have to add some uh, um, something to the noodle mm-hmm. to prevent it from break. 
Yeah, because yeah. you you want a continuous noodle. You don't want it all uh, all rough and everything yeah. else. Yes, still want that finish. Yes. Um. So yeah, let's let's finish off with the the kind of flavors otherwise that you're doing. You know the you know the flavors for some of your noodles, and then we'll get into some of your background. So, uh, the menu you do have you have meat dishes, you have vegan dishes, you have side dishes. What what are the kind of uh, flavors in the noodles that you offer people? Uh, what kind of flavors do you typically put on there? Um, I like to use, I like to use soy sauce. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because maybe you love it, garlic. Yeah, another great one. You gotta use garlic. Yes, the um, soy sauce is a is a most commonly used flavor. The, okay. the thing is that if you p- cook soy sauce with different uh, ingredients, you can get hundred percent different flavor. For example, like if you get soy sauce cooked with onion or cooked with tomato, it's totally different thing. So I would say that soy sauce is not one flavor. It can create different, multiple flavor, depends on what vegetable and what ingredient you put, you cook with it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the flavor that you get out of, you know, the garlic soy sauce versus the eggplant and tomato, uh, eggplant, tomato, and potato noodle are, they taste completely different. Yes. Um, When I think the other thing is, um, I think a lot of people don't, don't recognize the wide variety of, you know, different soy sauces that exist and the yes. kind of flavors that come out of them. And it's, you know, I, I probably have five different ones uh, in my cabinet and in my fridge. Yes. You know, different different levels of quality and for different applications. Um, I'm sure it's got to be interesting to find the right one for the restaurant. Yes, and um, I I believe that many uh, American people do did notice don't know that. Uh, in China, like in my family, for, for example, like in my family, many times we don't just use the soy sauce as like from the from the supermarket. We cook it mm. before we actually use it for further cooking. For example, you can put gray onion and onion, cut them to <coughs> shred them, and start to. Uh, stir fry them in oil, vegetable oil and add a bunch of soy sauce in it so you get a onion flavor soy sauce and you can save it for for the future cooking oh, yeah. so you're making a pre-seasoned sauce for exactly. other dishes exactly oh. so that will create different flavor for my noodles oh that makes a lot of sense i think you know people um you might be familiar with you know uh like a, a, a dumpling sauce right yes you know dumpling sauce adding um you know, adding uh, uh, black vinegar, adding, you know, sesame oil, adding uh, whatever to uh, to your base soy sauce to build a full dumpling sauce. But having those pre-made flavors, you know, makes a lot of sense. Yes. Especially if you're cooking at home and you're like, oh, I want to do something quick. Yes. Because <laughs> it's, it's hard to do this stuff if you're making it from scratch every time. Uh, not only that, uh, actually, if, because when you do those uh, pre-season soy sauce, you want it to stay for a while. So the, how, how do you say that? So the, the, all the flavor in the green onion, whatever material put in it, will start to like, oh, they, they, they m- merge like together. Yeah, they come together. the south, yes. Absolutely. Yeah, so well, and it's going to be different two days after, instead of overnight. Yeah, just like alcohol. Oh, yeah. Longer, it's like more, tastes better, right? Absolutely. No, I have, uh, <laughs> actually, I have, uh, I have a bunch on my shelf over there where I took uh, seasonal fruit. So oh, I took cool. uh, uh, cherries or a pineapple, and I cut it up, and uh, 
soaked it in a spirit. Now I have pineapple rum <laughs> with a fresh pineapple sitting on the shelf. So anytime I want that, well, I made it myself with a fresh ripe pineapple and, you know, put it in there. Now we can use it for cocktails. Yeah, exactly. Which is very fun. I haven't tried that, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so very cool. So like I said, we, we talked a lot about the, about, you know, what style and where it's from, but what I'd like to do is, you know, talk about, um, talk about your background. So you said you came, uh, you lived in, uh, in, in China, in, uh, you were in Beijing for your childhood. Yes. And then you came to the U S around 16. Yes. Um, your whole family came over. Yes. Uh, and, uh, where, where did you originally, uh, end up here in the U S? Uh, I went to Seattle. Okay. Yeah. Washington, Seattle when I was 16. And yes. Seattle Seattle's yeah. an amazing city, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is an amazing city. Yeah. I went there for college. Okay. Yeah, I was, I was in a community college. Okay. Uh, at that time. And what, what were you studying at the time? Piano performance. Piano performance. Yeah, so my people, yeah, I th- probably hard to believe, but I started to practice piano when I was five years old. Oh, wow. And before I came to America, I've been studying that for over 10 years already. And uh, more classical style piano? Uh, classical piano. Okay. Yes. So that that was your focus in studies from when you were a kid until you came over and you're taking you were taking uh, education here in Seattle. Whole family moved to Seattle? Uh yes. Okay. Well, when I was a kid, I used to practice uh 8 9 hours a day. Oh, wow. Yeah, so yeah, re- I'm really into it. I was really into it. Yeah. So, and that that was your main focus was being a uh, performance pianist? Yes. Okay. So, uh and when you were taking classes, were you already performing or were you performing when you were younger? Um, not really. Yeah, just I, practicing. I, well, I perform in church, but if you are talking about like a professional a pianist, um, no, nah, I'm not. I'm yeah. not ready for that yet. Okay. Yeah, I was. So then you you came here. You were studying in uh, studying Seattle. Your family's there, and uh, what what was the next step? So you were in Seattle, and then what happened after that? Oh uh, well, then when I was uh, eight, eighteen years old, they decided to move to New York. Uh, because my younger brother, uh, they they told me that they found better high school in New York, in Ro- actually in, in Rochester, oh, you than the ones in Seattle. That's what they told me. Oh, wow. <laughs> so they decided to move to Rochester. Okay, so the whole family moved to Rochester at that uh, point. Oh, I, I didn't okay, at first because I met my wife, so uh, she was so studying there, so I decided to stay with her for another year. Seems like a good move. <laughs> <laughs> She's sitting in one of the other chairs uh, without a microphone. So uh <laughs> seems like it was a good move for you. Yes. So uh, in 2018, uh, actually in 2017, uh, my wife finished her study. I went back to China. Um, I, I stayed there for a while, uh, tried to work. You started a working restaurant from server to cook to whatever for a year before okay. I decided to give up. Be, be, gave, gave up and said, all right, so Seattle is too expensive for a new immigrant to start. So I'll just move to New York and yeah. go to see what my family's doing there and try to do something with them. Okay, yeah, because that's, I mean, Seattle's a very expensive city, very hard. Um, I, re- I really enjoy it there. I think it's, you know, it has a, a very wide, a uh, lot of diverse cultures, uh, you know, a wider understanding of different foods, uh, especially, you know, there's a lot of Japanese culture there yes. as well. Um, just because it was one of the first places, you know, Japanese immigrants came in yeah. was through, uh, through Seattle. Um, but, uh, so 
you came to Rochester after that, or were you in another area? Uh, I went to Binghamton. I went to Rochester at first, and then I went to Binghamton. Okay. I visited uh, Syracuse as well, I think, probably, yeah. I okay. visited a bunch of cities. Uh, in the end, my, mo- fam- my parents and I, we agreed to open a restaurant in Binghamton. Okay. Yeah, because another reason is because for my bro- younger brother, he moved to Binghamton. I went to high school there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and that's uh, you know, Bangtons a very uh, affordable city to live in as well. Yes, uh, which is which is a nice thing to be yes. uh, when you're trying to establish your roots and become part of a community. Yes. So um, the family restaurant that opened there um, was a similar style of food. This uh, you know Beijing style noodles and uh, and uh, dumplings and things. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the different things that uh, they're more fo- focused on dumpling. Uh, okay. Yeah, steamed balls. Yeah. Okay, and that's that's there. You were helping with that as well. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So we work together. Uh, the one of the most uh, difficult things for new immigrants is that, especially the older ones, is that they do not speak English. Mm. Yeah, they don't speak English. Yeah, that's my parents' case. Yeah, so I have to deal with all the paperwork, all the talking work. I any time they need to talk with. Talking English every time you need to read English, you need to write English. It has to be me to deal with that. You're translating too. Yes, not only translating, I'm just do the work. Yeah, because it's easier for me to just do it than to translate to them. I, I didn't do it. Completely understand sometimes, like uh, so. Uh, just for so, I, I grew up in a small family business as well. So I, since I was a little kid, uh, we had a um, my my dad's business was. Uh, we sold uh, sports cards, like uh, baseball and oh. football cards. <laughs> and then, then we started a, a greenhouse and uh, a Christmas tree business. So we sell uh, garden plants in the summertime. We'll sell Christmas trees in the wintertime. And uh, so all that at my, at my parents' house uh, near Buffalo in, in that area. So I grew up in a small family business, and I would work. You know, I would go to school, yeah. then I would work nights, and I would work the weekends, and I would yeah. work the summer. And, you know, I, I worked many years and I was never paid. Wow, well, yeah, that's pretty, sounds pretty much like the, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, very, very like classic kid, boring, raised in a family business. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's, it's a very different way of growing up. I mean, I grew up with it since I was a little kid. Seems like yes. you got into it a little later, but it's, it teaches you a lot of lessons about what it takes to do this this kind of work to to follow the things that you love, um, and I, it it changed a lot of how I look at the world because that's how I grew up was. Yes, there was always the responsibility of doing the work. I go to school. Well, I'm working at night. I'm you know go to go to school. I'm working on the weekends. I'm selling. You know, you know. There's always more to do, and it never stops. And it's it's a very different mindset when you've done that, I think. Yes, well, I mean, I, I, I would like to say that most people, after they finish, <clears throat> they start uh, from an employee, then try to become an employer. Uh, you're like, start from an employer when you're a kid. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's weird when I was, yeah, you can, you have a different level of responsibility yes, exactly. than a lot of people do at that age. Yes, and Even if they're old, much older than you. Yeah. Yeah, and we, we never had workers, so we were a family business. We did all yeah, the work. Wow, that's so it was, tough. It never stops. 
Yeah, that's tough. But hey, it's you have to take the good with the good, the positive with the negative, um, because it has it gives you it gives you a lot too, and I think sometimes putting in the work teaches you about yourself and it teaches you how to how to do the things that you really enjoy. Yes, um, totally agree. So family starts the restaurant in Binghamton. Whole family's working. Your brothers. Uh, is your brother working too? I assume too. Everybody's working. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, sometimes. He has. <laughs> I to. get that. He had to. Yeah, he had to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get. Th- I get that look. <laughs> I see what's going on. Uh, um. So so family's there, and uh, when do you end up uh, moving uh, to Rochester? Uh, in two thousand twenty. Okay. Because at that point, I'm very close to uh, acquire my citizenship. Of the United States, because I joined the military, the Air Force Reserve. Oh, so, so you you joined the military, uh, joined Air Force Reserves. Uh, uh, yeah. When you moved here, or when, when you're in Binghamton? Um, but when I was in Seattle. Okay. Yeah, that's a long time ago. I, I'm still there. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm still in. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been doing that for a long time now. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, seven years. So what's uh, I, I know very little about it. What's what are the kind of uh, activities that you do and uh. Yeah, what are what are you responsible for when you do that? Oh, that depends on the position they give give to you. Uh, my position is a dental technician, so dental assistant. Oh, okay. So I work in the dental clinic uh, on my base. On base. Oh wow. Yeah. Uh, I went there like once, uh, one weekend every month. Okay. Uh, usually, and I need to go to serve for two weeks every year. Yeah. Okay, and yeah. is that in um? Uh, the base you go to is that usually is that the one in uh, Watertown? Uh, Narrowful, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense because there's a big big facility up there. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's uh, really that's really interesting. Yeah, and it's um, you know, I, I I think that this is another one of those situations like, um, you know, people have their opinions on immigration and other things, um, but this is the kind of engagement that people have that are coming here. They want to be part of. They want to be part of the U.S. They want to contribute. They want to be part of what's going on here, and you know, with 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 Jan working, you know, running a restaurant, running a small business yes. that everybody you know needs to support small businesses, but also participating as a member of the reserves. Um, I know I appreciate that you're doing that. It's uh, it's uh, great to be part of things. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, so that's so you're still doing that. Yes. Um, you moved to Rochester and. What were you were you thinking about this right away, opening your own space, or were you thinking about doing something else when you came here? Well, I came here to open my own space because okay. after working with my parents parents for like almost two years, <clears throat> especially their leasing contracts was about to end. So oh. yeah, and the place is is nice, but it has some because it was so old. So the equipment they're not working very well. So they had the plan to. Uh, close that store, uh, open a new one. So, if that's the case, I decided. I told myself that I'm going to try open my own own store. Okay. Uh, at first, when I came here, I was attracted track, by Eastman Music School. Oh, absolutely. Because I still have that uh, dream of <laughs> continue my music career. So. Mm-hmm. I said I told my wife that I'm going to open my restaurant in Rochester. I've, if that works well, maybe I can 
get, have a chance to go to school in Eastman one day. Oh, that's actually, awesome. Yeah, actually, I agreed. So I ended up here in 2020, right before the, the pandemic started. <laughs> of course. So I think what we're going to do, we're going to take a quick break. Yes. And we're going to come back with the second half of our discussion, uh, talking with the owner of Seasons Noodle. And we will be right back. If you want to learn more about Rochester and Buffalo's wide range of diverse cuisines and don't want to do the work, Nominate Meals might be for you. The fun part is you have no idea what you're going to get until you pick your meal up at one of our fantastic events. All you have to do is go to nominatemeals.com and order a meal for two for $40 that features dishes from one small, typically minority-owned restaurant. We run events at Three Heads Brewing, Fatty Beer Company in the neighborhood of Play, and also Nowhere Lounge in Buffalo. We offer drink pairings for sale that pair with each dish for that night, which really adds to the experience. Go to nominatemeals.com to order your meal for an upcoming event and join the nomination. And we're back with the second half of our conversation with uh, Yoonjir Yan from, uh, from Seasons Noodles. And um, we left off with, you know, you're getting to Rochester and you're thinking about opening your space, and then pandemic hits. Well, then you can imagine. Yeah. The pandemic hits. I it took me almost half a year to start to be able to to start my restaurant after I signed the leasing contract with my landlord. Okay. It's hard for me to find workers to to take care of. To clean the stuff, I do do the work. So I did most of the work myself. Okay. So was yeah. was there already was there already a kitchen in that space, or was there was it just open space in the lobby there? Well, there used to be a kitchen. Okay. Yeah, they still have the hood uh, installed. Okay. Th- that's it. Oh, so ju- just the hood. The hood. Yeah. So you walk into the space, and the only thing there is an exhaust hood. Yes. I'm. I'm sure it was. Perfectly clean, and you didn't have to do any work to make it sh- per- <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> perfectly clean. Yeah. Uh, how, how much did it take you to get that clean? How much? How much work did it take you to get that uh, to get the hood clean and everything else? The hood clean, uh, well, uh, eight hundred dollar. Oh yeah, yeah, something like that. I find the um, company who that who do that. Okay. Well, anyway, we have to clean the hood like like. Uh, <clears throat> like twice a year, I believe so. Yeah, and I it's, would that and year, it's yeah. a lot, especially since you're, you know, you're you have a lot of aerosolized oils yes. that go in the air for the kind of cooking that you're doing. Yes, exactly. So you're going in. There's a hood and nothing else. How long does it take you to, you know, start building the kitchen out from when you start to when you actually get to opening? Well, six months. Six months. Yeah, yeah. six months. Yeah. That's a lot of work. <sighs> it was a lot of work. Was that just a lot of you doing it yourself and learning along the way? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, what was the what was the hardest thing during that time frame where you're learning how to do this? What What was the one that was the hardest for you to get through? I would say the floor. Oh yeah. Because there's a part of floor that need to be replaced, and I called a floor company, but they refused to do that for me because they think they told me that. Uh, the project is too, uh, it's not too, it's not big enough mm. for them to work on that. I, they do not have enough worker during the pandemic because nobody want to work. And if you're if you're gonna do a job, it has to be large enough to make it worth the time. Yes, exactly. 
so I talked to the uh, people work at the moral health department who which issued me the restaurant permit. And they told me that I can do that myself. Uh, gave me tell gave me some details about like what is what are the requirements. So I borrowed the tool from my landlord and buy the stuff I need from Home Depot and start to work on that. Cut my cut my finger, unfortunately. I was gonna well, say it's not that's not easy work doing floors. No, they're not. <laughs> but I'm new to that. I'm new yeah. to that. I never do that before. Yeah, and it's but but you got through it, you learned how to do it, and now I'm sure you're you're ready for more. <laughs> I will. I told my wife that if one day we buy our own house, uh, you you don't need at least you don't need a carpenter. <laughs> uh, now, now, now you're a carpenter too. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> well. So so you're 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 doing the floors. You're putting in all the equipment. You're going through six months, and uh, when when do you end up opening the restaurant? Uh. In November, yeah, 2020 November. Okay. Yeah, November, yeah. Yeah, so that was, you know, right right in the heart of the pandemic. And obviously, yes. you know, the space is, you know, a to-go focus space. You don't really have a lot of space to eat. Yes, yes. Yeah, there are not much uh, people, uh, there, there are no more uh, pedestrian at that point. So for the next several months, uh, yeah, do, actually during the winter, I work... I work in my restaurant during daytime, and I after I close my restaurant at eight, I start I start my DoorDash driver job. Oh, so you're driving after your day of work? Yeah, yeah. I drive DoorDash, uh, delivering food to people. Okay, well, and that's you know it's it's tough to get started, especially at that time, yes. and you know people aren't uh, working in the city yet at that point. Most everybody's at home. Yes. Um. Yeah, and it's uh, I think, uh, you know, those, those extra jobs that people take to make things work, it's, um, I think it's important that we talk about what it actually takes to make these things work. Yes. Cause it, it's not, it's not easy. It's not, you know, things can be very, you know, the idea of it's very, uh, romantic and, yes. um, but the reality is sometimes very hard. Yes. When I came to Rochester, going to go to the, uh, first time when I visited my place, I saw well, it's downtown. Yeah. Uh, it's downtown. Like, how can you feel in downtown as a restaurant? And someone no, no, learned that downtown, Rochester, sorry, I'm sorry for that. But no, I it's okay. Go that. ahead. Rochester, downtown Rochester, it's, it's totally different thing from downtown York City or downtown Seattle. It's different. Oh, very different. Downtown here is different. I can, from the, all the building I saw, all those beautiful buildings, like historical buildings I saw, I can, I'm sure that like maybe like 50 years ago, like many, many years ago, it used to be like many people working there, many people work on the street, whatever, but it's not the case anymore, especially during the pandemic, there's zero people on the street. Yeah, it is it's it is a very different area, and it's, what I can say is it's definitely getting, it's changing. Yes, it's changing. We are changing, but you're right. I mean, we're, you know, except for way back in the day when downtown was vibrant, when it was, you know, that's where everybody wanted to be. Um we're trying to build that again. Yes. And yes, I think that's, I can tell. but you're right. It is, it's not, we're not there. And that's not, um, it's a very different downtown than a large city for sure. Yes. So I have to quickly learn how to change my business plan. Mm-hmm. I start to focus more on to go and more on like to serve, uh, people like to serve like working people working there. They came, came in for lunch 
make f- make my、uh, make food fast instead of serving like dining people. When you have like you, they can wait, and you have a bunch of time to prepare everything for them. So yeah, that's that's really tough because there's so much so many things I have to learn. Yeah, very yeah timely manner. Yeah. So um, what's the 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 biggest mindset change when you're you're changing for like hey we're we're making food that's going to go. Yes. What what's the thing that you didn't you know we were talking about the challenge of building. Yes. What's the challenge of switching that and Focusing on to go and maintaining the quality that you want. I have to start to, for example, like the preseason, preseason soy sauce. I told you. Yeah. You have to try us, try to make something before you cook for the customer.、Mm-hmm. I try to preserve, preserve the flavor into the soy sauce, into the sauce. Especially the sauce. I start to make a lot of different sauce from sauce. So I can use them wherever I need. I still got all the flavor in it because the flavor they're already in the sauce. And now I just use the sauce to cook noodle, and the flavor is in noodles. Yeah, and it's、so. it's quick, and you know you're not、uh, you're not overcooking the noodles,、yes. so they transport well. Yes, exactly. The when I was in Seattle working, whether in a、uh, in a kitchen or as a server, or even in my A restaurant with my parents in Binghamton. All I need to do is to cook, and people will come. They will see me, and they'll come and they'll eat. Yeah.、Uh, after I opened my own restaurant in downtown Seattle, I noticed that I have to find my customer. I have to go to find them, either posting on Facebook or Instagram, or deliver some menus to local office and this、uh, local office and、uh, like buildings. I have to find my customer instead of waiting them to come. I just cook. Yeah. So that's a that's the biggest challenge for me because I was a cook. I can cook very well. I have like three, two, three years, three, four years of experience of that. And now, not only a cook, not only a cook, I have to be a salesman,、mm-hmm. sell my own restaurant to people in in Rochester. Yeah, I, I I agree. I mean, that is the. I think that for me, that's one of the hardest things for me to do.、Um, You can sit me down in front of a microphone, and we'll have a great conversation. The work of publicizing and doing the other stuff, man, I'm I'm not great at that. I nobody's、um, agreed at that. No, no. One of my one of one of my friends,、uh, she was she was very good at this. Really?、Um, wow. She,、uh, so she was.、Uh, wow. She ran、uh, Sriracha Says here in Rochester for、yes. many years.、Uh, Lynn Phillips. She was a, a very talented.、Um, Amazing at marketing, and she really loves food, and she did a great job. Wow! She had recently moved、uh, moved out of town and just closed down what she did for many years.、Um, you know, we started around the same time,、um, and she had twenty times more Instagram followers than I did. Wow! <laughs> But she was very good at doing that work, and it is work. It's not none of that comes for free.、Um, you know, it's a different kind of work. Yeah, but it is work. And especially for those, you're like, hey, I'm not great at it. I know what I need to do, but I'm not good at it. Yes. And、um, it always seems like work to me, doing、yes. that stuff. Yes, exactly. Well, there's always as a business per, business man, there's always time you have to not only know how to do, but to be an expert on something you don't know, you are not good at. Yeah. Yeah, it's important. I agree, and that's it. Is one of the hardest things about doing all these different things that we do. Yes, 
is, man, I've had to get good at a lot of different things that I didn't know I was going to get good at. <laughs> um, so, so you're starting and you're, you're, you're selling, selling the noodles and that's, that's continued on. And, um, your family is still, still running a restaurant, right? Yes, they, they are. And is that, is that in Binghamton still, or is that uh, here? I think Fairport. So it's in Fairport. That's, I thought so. So the, the family restaurant is now in, uh, in Fairport, uh, Fairport Penfield at, uh, uh, Eaglevale Golf Course, right? Yes, exactly. Which is a very interesting location. So this is, this is a restaurant. So for everybody who's listening, I know this restaurant has changed a lot over the years. Um, it was, uh, tie me up a, a Thai restaurant for a little while, um, it was other stuff, uh, I think before and maybe in between, uh, but now it's a family restaurant with a lot of, uh, you know, handmade dumplings and, uh, different kinds of buns and a, a very nice restaurant. Uh, uh, can you pronounce the name of that for me so I can get it right? Uh, yes. It's Yan Huang Gourmet. Okay. So Yan is my, this is the last name of my father and Huang is the last name of my mother. So Yan Huang Gourmet. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I didn't know if it was young, but it's so it's Yan Huang Gourmet. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, it's yeah. uh it's a that's also a very good place to go visit. Um and I think if you haven't been to either of these places, highly recommend going to both. Not one, not just one, not just the other. Go go to both because they're they're very different. Uh very different restaurants. You know, the one at the golf course does have more space. And uh, you know the different kinds of buns, you know the 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 grilled ones, the the flatter ones, yes. which people don't know about that style as much. Oh yeah, the the flatter the flatter pressed buns that yes. are cooked on the on the griddle too. Yes, because um, that is a little more northern style with the meat inside, right? Yes, yes. Um, and it's a very interesting texture. I love that texture because you get that little crisp and the chew. Yeah, it's very. Oh, that is that is that's comforting. my favorite. Yeah, it's my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> is that that one of your favorites? Is that style? Yes, yes. Yeah, I'm, I I always I always try to get people to try something different to them when they go to somewhere like that. Not just try, you know, um, not just like you know a chasu bao or something oh, like yeah. that. Yeah, you know, definitely. most people might know that they might know something else, but try something different. Yes, yeah. You know, go in and enjoy something and really learn about it. Yes, exactly. So families families operating there. You're operating in the city. Um, uh, what, what's next for you right now? What, what is your, what's, what, what are you hoping to do with, uh, with the space and what you're doing here in Rochester? Uh, first, uh, try to, uh, ask some more stuff on my menu and try to, of course, advertise my restaurant. Because eventually I want to be able to hire a helper to help me. Absolutely. So I can start to do more interesting things. Also, I'm, um, I just started to produce my own like a frozen frozen food. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, so I'm trying to maybe people will, will, will like it. Yeah, vegetarian, I read vegetarian frozen Chinese food. Oh, that's yeah. awesome! Yeah, it's it's a lot of people really like the convenience of having something pre-made for them. Yes. And having something that wasn't isn't huge commercial production, you're making that the way you would want it frozen, that you can reheat and turn into something that's delicious. Oh uh, yes, uh, because my idea is to we're making something that we're like we're we're not making like typical frozen frozen food. We're freeze the restaurant food. Mm-hmm. 
So it's still a restaurant food. It's still restaurant quality. It's still homemade. Everything the same. The same cook, cooking style. Everything the same. And we just freeze it. Everything turned out. You do you like how it's turned out? Yes, I like. It, yeah, I yeah. give it to my. I give it for free to my friend. I'm planning to do that to my customers in the future as well, so I can get feedback from people. Yeah, well, I think it makes a big difference. You know, trying a new technique. Uh, but making sure that you're still happy with it because there's always trade-offs. It's not yeah. to say it has to be the same yes. for it to be really good and yes. a good idea. Yes. Because, you know, freezing changes things. Yes, of course. But it can still be really good. It can yes. still be very worth it. And I, I love the idea of having that available in your freezer if you need to grab food or bring it to work. Yes. And you can buy ahead and just, you know, have those ready to go. Yes. That's that's fun. So you're doing some of your classic flavors. Yes. yes. Uh, what what are the options you're doing right now for uh, for frozen uh, frozen ones? Oh, we'll have the eggplant noodle. Oh. Eggplant, tomato. Well, and that makes a lot of sense too. That the uh, the textures of that will all work really well too. Yes. Yeah, we we'll have the tomato and tofu noodle. Mm-hmm. We'll have an onion and tomato noodle. Oh, uh, very uh, fun. Oh, no, onion and potato noodle. Okay. Yeah, as well. Yep. Yeah, because um, I think that's you know um. Because I do a lot of big cook, big cooking, and then I'll freeze my lunches for later. Yes. Um, I think eggplant's one of those things that actually, as long as you don't want it to be a specific texture before or after, yes. eggplant freezes really well. Yeah. Because the you know the cells will break and you get that softer texture. Yes, yes exactly. But, but I love I love that silky soft texture of eggplant. Yeah. Um, some people don't like don't like soft. Yeah, and smooth, the, you know, the, the sometimes, uh, you know, uh, slippery, you know, yes. the kind of textures yes. that not not everybody likes. Yeah, so I think that's p- part of the reason why I started with these three noodles because, like, tomato is soft. Yeah, tomato is soft. Yeah, and tofu. Yeah, it is soft, right? So it doesn't make make much difference if you, f- yeah, if if fresh or frozen or whatever. Yeah. So you know, yeah, I was, I will tr- I want to start from that. Yeah, I, I think that's a great idea. Making sure that you know what you're getting, you know what you're getting out every time as well. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, so yeah, so that's that's awesome. So that's where we are now, um, where you're going. Um, and before we go into just, I'll ask a couple questions about you know being in Rochester. But um, again, where where's the restaurant? Let's uh, put the address out again before we go to the last part of this. So what's the address again of the restaurant? Oh, it is fifty five zero. Chestnut Street. Yeah, so yeah, 50 Chestnut Street in the building in the lobby. And uh, the website, seasonsnoodle.com. You can get the menu online, and uh, you can call and order your food for for pickup at the location. Um, Definitely prefer to do that. Always go visit people in person. You know, buy on the phone, go visit in person. It helps everybody when you go do that uh, versus ordering on one of the delivery apps. It's better for the restaurant. It's better for you to go meet people. Highly recommend that you go do that. Um, and uh, what days, uh, what are your hours right now at the restaurant so people can come in? Oh, yeah, we're hours uh, on weekdays are from 11.30 to 8. Okay. And we, uh, on 12 to 8, uh Saturday. We close on Saturday. Okay, awesome. So a lot of availability. So if you're in the city and you're looking for lunch, this is one of the places you need to be going is you need to be going to Seasons Noodle to go get some of their stuff. Um, so uh, when we're uh, when you're doing, when we're looking for other food, 
or if people are looking to try to cook some of this stuff themselves. Yes. Um, so what are, are there any places other than your place and the family's place that you, you eat here in Rochester? Have you been out and checking yes. out places? Yes, I, if, if you're talking about Chinese food, then I went to Qingdao restaurant. I went to there's the Sichuan Opera over mm-hmm. there as well. I went to the, the Revolution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Revolution Chinese. Yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah, I basically went to like most of the restaurants in Rochester because I'm I'm a food lover. You know, I like to go out and eat. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Are there any other kinds of uh, foods you've really enjoyed uh, learning about here in Rochester? Uh, I I tr- I I always love to try different kind of plate. Okay. The garbage plate. I oh, love the garbage to, plate. Yeah, I love to try different kind of them. Okay. Yeah. Well, well I went to a place. I would see if they had a plate, and I'll try it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you've been you've been trying a whole bunch of places. Do you have your personal favorite right now? Uh, it's hard to say. Really, it's hard to say. There's because, so many. Yeah, there's so many. Yeah. yeah the one right. I've the one I've really enjoyed recently. So I I, I really like Dogtown on Monroe. Oh, Dogtown! I love the hot dogs. Yeah, very good. They do a really yes. good job there. And uh, the other one I started going to is uh, actually near where we are right now. is called uh, uh, Charlie's. It's on Empire. Oh, Charlie's! They make a they make a vegan and vegetarian vegan. version. Yes, where you can go there and get that. Yes. And I've I've really enjoyed that. That's been really nice. They have fish fry, right? Yeah, they do. I fish love fry their too. I love their fish fries. Isn't that kind of fun? Yes, <laughs> it's uh, one of those things where, like, you know, in in other cities, okay, yeah, we have fried fish. No, no, we have fish fries. Yeah, fish fries. Fish yeah. fries is a very specific thing, isn't it? Yes, it's uh, lear- learning about the uh, the different culture of upstate New York is very different than uh, than in uh, Seattle or other places. Well, so you, you, you're telling me that so people in all the places will call it is fried fish? Well, some it's like the, this specific style that we're doing here yes. is, is, I don't know if it's served the same way in other places. Yes. Um, but like often here, at least where I grew up in Buffalo and then here in Rochester, It'll be like a Fridays, especially they'll focus oh, on yeah. fish fries. Yes, because uh, we have a lot of uh, Catholic uh, Catholic people here oh, in our area, and they don't eat meat on on Fridays oh, yes. during uh, uh, during Lent. Yes, so we'll have a lot of fish fries, especially Buffalo. Oh, interesting. Almost every you know pizzeria, every tons of places sell fish fries. Oh wow, that's interesting. I know, and it's it's a lot because of uh, because of we have a large uh, population of uh, in Buffalo Polish and Catholic. Wow, so you and say, it's a lot of that. Yeah, so immigrants crave culture, crave Absolutely. culture, right? Well, one hundred percent does. I mean, yeah. when we were talking about Seattle and you know the Japanese culture, yes. you know how much is there? It has a bigger Japanese infrastructure than uh, almost every other city in the country, except for maybe what Los Angeles and New York City. Yeah, like you know that that's a huge part of Seattle is that you know legacy Japanese infrastructure. Yes. Um. Yeah, that's. I'm glad you're enjoying learning about plates here in town. It's uh, <laughs> it, it's one of those like, I don't always love that that defines Rochester, but I still love that we have it, and I love yeah. that it's a thing that is part of our culture. Here yes, in town. yes. I try that because my friend told me that it's a Rochester thing. Yeah, so you have to try that. Awesome. All right. If that's a Rochester thing, I have to. Tr- I have, I, w- I want to try it. Yeah, absolutely. So, oh, that that. That's, that brought me to something else interesting. So um, is there, you know, from, from when you were younger, from when you lived in China, yes. um, is there like a, a, a street food or a food that you haven't been able to find 
that you would love to get again that that you just haven't seen here? Well, I'll say it's our breakfast. Oh, okay. Our breakfast. Not only here. I never actually I never had that in in America okay. for almost ten years. Okay. Can you can you describe what what is what's the kind of breakfast you're talking about that you're that you've been looking for? Okay. Uh, in Chinese we call we call it tofu nao. Okay. So it's hard to blind. So uh, first people use uh. Uh, different kind of mushroom, uh, an egg, mm-hmm. and I believe soy sauce, and cornstarch to create a very thick and very flavor uh, a sauce. I would say it's more like, um, even like a gravy. Okay. Yeah, it, it, the texture is actually like a gravy. Okay. And then you power it onto very watery, soft, watery tofu. Okay. And mix it. Oh, interesting. So you're you're thickening the egg and all the other things. It's not like cooked like a scrambled egg. No, no. It's very soft. Yeah, it's like a soup and like a sauce. It's yeah, but it's thick. But it's very thick. So okay. it's, it's thicker than soup. So okay. Yeah. Oh, really interesting. So it's texturally very soft with little bites. I'm sure maybe you put some like uh, scallions on there, or green onion. Oh no, no, no. the egg. Uh, it's like a soup. Okay. So you cook. Uh, you put water. You. Uh, you stir. I believe they stir fry the mushroom and other stuff. Mm-hmm. Power water, cook with water. Okay, and then a lot they power egg onto it. Oh, yeah, so like a soup thing. Okay, yes. So it's a savory soup kind yes. of breakfast. Yes. Interesting. So it's not not rice based, like you know, like a kanji or anything, but it's you know tofu and. Yes, it's like a soup, tofu soup, something yeah. like that. It's interesting. Oh, very There's nice. That, no, no, not only in America. I haven't. I never had that in like. Like the coastal part of China as well, like in Shanghai, yeah, they have that, but only in like very specific place. Okay. Yep. So that's really interesting because that's yeah. that's a wholly different dish, and I, I, you know, we we don't get into like like breakfast food very much here. Yeah. You know, because it's we're we're used to specific kinds of food, and it's focused on you know lunch and dinner. Yes. But breakfast is a very different meal. You know, everybody likes something different. Yes. And uh, you know, I know for for a little bit. Um, we had we had a place that was doing uh, 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 was it uh, uh, Jianbing? Jianbing, yes. Yeah, we we had a place that was doing that briefly here in Rochester. Yeah, I, I know the I knew I know the place actually. I know yeah. the place. I was pretty excited when I saw their uh, their store and then I noticed that they're closed. Yeah, so, that, it was yeah. too bad because it was nice to have that option here because that's that's a very fun street food too. Yes. Um. But it's very specific. You have to have all the all the techniques down and all your yeah. systems down to get that right, to get that yeah. texture right. So, uh, if you, if you're not familiar with it, that's like a uh, uh, a savory pancake, like a crepe, yes. and then they'll fill it with uh, crispy things, egg, and it could be meat, could be other things, but it's kind of rolled up and it's just like um, I don't. I'm I'm going to use the reference even though it's not perfect. It's like the best crunch wrap you've ever had. <laughs> The Taco Bell Crunchwrap Supreme, like it has texture, it has crunch. It actually really reminds me of that with all those different textures and all that uh, savory sauces and really, really delicious food. Yeah, so I try, I actually found a place uh, to do that in Toronto. Oh, awesome. Yeah, but the stove, the sauce they put in is not right. So, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was I was a little disappointed, to, to be honest. My wife, she loves it because... 
She's not, she's not born in Beijing. She's not familiar with that. But for me, it's, well, it's just not right, you know. Yeah, it's, now, it's now right. you have you have specific ideas. <laughs> yeah. See, I love people with specific ideas. That's who I get along with. Is like, eh, no, they, it's it's really good. But what what about this? Do, could you do this better? That makes that makes yeah. me very happy. Yeah, that's so sad because she, the the lady who cooked the the pancake she did she did everything perfectly. But the sauce is not right. It's just not right. I can what, tell. What <laughs> was what wasn't right about it to you? Was it not savory? Was it not? What was wrong about it? The the funny thing is that I cannot tell, but okay. I just know it's not right. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Um, so, all right, I think we're I think we're rounding up. Um, this this was so much fun. I really appreciate you coming over and having a conversation and telling us your story. Um, can you remind people again uh, where where can they go to visit the restaurant and uh, what's the easiest way for them to order from you? Uh, personally, I prefer uh, people order by phone. Absolutely. So I can talk with them. I, I even give them some advice and ask them like what the what do they prefer? Like what do they want? What are, what are they looking for? I give them some suggestion even. Uh, so my store is uh, inside the Columbus Building, located at Fifty Chestnut Street. Yeah, Fifty Chestnut Street. Telephone number five eight five four four five eight zero four eight. Um, and if you're looking for the menu, go to seasonsnoodle.com. Uh, does, he does keep up on that, so that is updated uh, when there's new changes. And there's always new things coming out. He's very creative, this guy. He's always coming up with new things and always trying new stuff. Um, so, uh, yeah, and if you want to follow, uh, follow on social media, it is, uh, let's see, oh, that's Squarespace. Uh, do you have uh, social media for people to follow? Uh, yes. Uh, I... Is it Seasons Noodle on Instagram and yes. Facebook? Yes. Yeah, seasons you know on Instagram and Facebook, you'll uh, see if uh, you know if he has to close for that weekend, if he's doing service or doing other things like that. Keeps everybody up to date. Um, it's always construction season in Rochester, so you never know what's going to happen with that. Uh, so he'll keep you up to date on that. Uh, but I highly recommend going to eat there. This is one of the places that is special here in Rochester that you need to go try. Um, otherwise, uh, you can find me, uh, at Stromy on Twitter, Instagram, food about town podcast on Instagram and, uh, follow the Lunchador podcast network as well. We have lots of news coming. And if you're interested in trying out our restaurant service, um, you might find seasons noodle and nominate in one of the upcoming events, hopefully. And, uh, you can go to nominatemeals.com to order your meal for an upcoming event. Uh, we're taking July off if this is in, out in July, uh, we'll have events starting in August, three times a month here in Rochester. Uh, one at Three Heads Brewing, one at uh, uh, one at Fetty Beer Company in the neighborhood of Play, one at the new Black Button Distilling location on University Ave, and once a month in Buffalo. You order a meal for two for forty dollars, but you have no idea what you're getting until you pick it up. Um, it's been so much fun working with uh, so many different small places, and it gives me the opportunity to really get to know them. And it's been a really great, uh, great chance to get to know you today. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much. And hope you enjoyed this episode of the Food About Town podcast. And we'll be back next time with more. <laughs>